Welcome to Baptist Vices. This podcast is designed to engage the Baptist community in challenging thought. We hope to not just promote negative propaganda that is raised against Baptist thought, but to biblically analyze some of these thoughts and provide biblical solutions. We hope you enjoy today's program. And now your host, Dr. Steve Dameron. All right, so we're on podcast two on what does it mean to be a Baptist. So, Dr. Stringer, let's start with the first one, and that is that the, the Bible is our sole authority. Yeah, absolutely. That means church councils aren't, doctrinal statements aren't, organizations aren't, bishops aren't, the state is not, uh, prominent preachers aren't. Yeah. And, and uh, that, that just sets us apart. You know, I, I had opportunity to pastor in Chicago for 11 years. And then the Lord blessed us with a lot of folks trust Christ who came out of backgrounds where all this was news to them. And, and you know, they're just shocked to find out we weren't getting orders from somewhere. Yes. And all this had to be taught. Yep. But the Bible as our only authority is the thing that creates that all these other distinctives Yeah. that this is it. And the issue is the Bible. Show me this in the Bible. Uh, you can't come to me with any other sense of authority that I am responsible to. Uh, one little book was written years ago, said the Bible makes us Baptists. Yes. We believe these things because they're taught clearly yep. in the Bible. And boy, that'll correct a lot of problems right up front. Yes. So you mentioned one thing, uh, doctrinal statement. So do you mean by that, um, are, are you referencing the confessions of faith? Or well, no? I, I don't have a problem with confessions of faith. Yes. Except that we have to prove them from the Scripture. Yes, okay. Yeah, I, we don't believe it because it's in the confession of faith. Yes. We believe it because it's in the Scripture. The confession of yes. faith is just an explanation of what we believe is in the Scripture. Yes, because there are other denominations that do confessions of faith. Sure. But what's interesting is I uh, just recently, in the last week, I was doing a study on that, and... Uh, one man in his study said that Baptist, you know, people kind of look at all the other denominations, but he said Baptists historically since the 1600s have been stronger in printing biblical confessions of faith more than the other denominations, you know, which is interesting to me because they say that Baptists traditionally are biblical. Yeah. And that's why he and, was saying it. A lot of the groups, again, they want a flexibility. Yes. They don't want to be that carefully defined. Yes. And, and that, that is one of my frustrations today, even in some of our Baptist colleges now. They're so anxious to recruit students, sometimes desperate to recruit students. They're trying to define themselves uh, as little as possible. As little I know. Yeah. I, I... And, and that's a frustration. Yep. And it's carrying over into churches. Yeah. The Bible's our only authority. Yeah. So the second one is basically that churches are independent. Yes. Um, and there's a there's a plus and a minus. I was saying uh, as I say, some people are more independent than church. Um, so the only the only word they hear on that is independent, and they forget yeah. that it, there's a church. But it is a protection, though, 
I've talked with some pastors. I have a good uh, pastor friend, and we were talking about this one time, and he said it's the beauty of God's way of protecting churches because, you know, in a, in a conference or a convention, you would say, uh, a convention goes bad, you can have thousands of churches bad. Whereas, in, because we're independent Baptists, a church goes bad, it's one. Right. And there's hundreds, thousands yeah. of other churches. You just keep going. You know, like Which I'm, is why it's called the pillar and ground of the truth. Yes. It is. You have this political pressure to conform yep. in organizations. And sometimes it's more than political pressure. Sometimes it's financial. Sometimes yeah. it's legal, yeah. et cetera. But as an independent Baptist church, uh, the only thing we might have is psychological pressure. We're afraid of upsetting somebody. Yeah. But a real man of God goes past that. And yep. is going to be true to the scripture, regardless of what kind of psychological pressure is there. But nobody at headquarters can fire you. Like yes. my pastor was fired when I was. You know, that's why I say when I first read Mead's Handbook of the Denominations, I said, "Man, that works. That's yeah, right. Yeah, it does. That would have prevented that whole disaster. It would have. Yes. All right. So I'm going to go with your take on it because I'm not going strictly with the you. You don't have the acronym, you know. So it's uh. So I know the Bible, independence. So what was the third? Was it the two words? Regenerated church oh, membership. Regenerated. Now that, so that is an interesting one. So we believed in a saved membership. And Can you imagine, Brother Damon, we've both pastored. Yeah. You know how hard it is to pastor saved people? <laughs> Can you imagine pastoring unsaved right. people? So what, what, what a challenge that would be. So you know who did, historically, you know who did, and he had a... A revival. Jonathan, exactly. Ed, Jonathan Edwards. Yeah, oh yeah. All right, so it's yeah. interesting to me that they talk about these great awakenings, and, man, half the church got saved. Well, yeah, they weren't. That's because you started with, with that church, folks, a church uh, right. of folks that weren't saved. Right. It's just interesting to me because when they always talk about this great awakening, I'm like, yeah, and half the church got saved. Well, yeah, because they let they let them come in unsaved. You know, yep. Baptists are a little bit different, so we believed in a saved membership, which also, that's scriptural, because how can you have, you know, Ephesians 5 talks about that church that's holy, without blemish, you know, without spot or wrinkle. That, that's kind of hard to do when you're unsaved. Well, one of the things you see throughout church history is you find men discovering salvation by faith, preaching it, teaching it, and starting movements that evaporate quickly. And the reason they evaporate quickly <clears throat> is that they don't have a regenerated church membership. Mm. People become church members without being saved, yeah. and, and very, very quickly those unsaved yep. church members will take this institution the wrong direction. Yep. And within a generation, and uh, that's why this is, is such an such a important thing and most of the time we understand this in our churches, a lot of the undefined churches that our young people are leaving and going to have no conception of a regenerated church membership. Yes. And, and a lot of them are relatively new. And within just a few years, they go into heresy because that is what appeals to the unsaved church members. Yep. All right. So your next one, was that the... What is your next one on, on the uh, list? I don't always put them in the same order. Okay. <laughs> uh, and it really doesn't matter. Right, it doesn't. Priesthood of believers, 
Yes. And, you know, I love my experience o- over and over again in Chicago to explain this to people and, oh. and see the excitement. When well, it, the lights, light bulbs yeah. go off. You know, it's I, awesome. I'm a priest. And um, we would have, you know, folks say from Catholicism, Hinduism, uh, you know, Buddhism, and they all were used to having priests. Uh, the Muslims were used to having imams. Orthodox used to having priests. Yep. And, and I had this conversation so many times. And, and uh, many, many times, uh, just for example, we had a lady from Hungary saved, and she brought her neighbor to church the next Sunday, and she came up to me and she said, Father, I told her you give the best mass in Chicago. <laughs> and and I, I appreciated the spirit of it, and I got called Father more times than you keep track of, but I would have to explain this to folks on a regular basis. You're a priest with the same direct access to God that I have. Yes. And when you get that, and some of us who, some of the folks who grew up in Baptist churches, it's never even dawned on them you could think differently. But but folks who grew up with priests, when it breaks through to them, they are priests. They have direct access to God. It it, it is a thrilling, wonderful truth. Yep. All right. So uh, I know one uh, one on your list is two ordinances. So explain explain why. That's important when it comes to what it means to be a Baptist. Yeah. Well, you know, Catholics have what they call seven sacraments. And by sacrament, say this is something you do to help your salvation. Yep. We have zero sacraments. Yes. Salvation comes from trusting what Jesus yes. Christ did on the cross. Yep. We have two ordinances, which is a short way of saying we're ordered to do these things. Mm-hmm. We've been given two pictures of what Christ accomplished for us on the cross. Yes. One is baptism, which is why it has to be by immersion. It's a picture of death, burial, and resurrection. Sprinkling does not picture that. Uh, pouring does not picture that. Yep. Only immersion pictures that. We have the Lord's Supper, which pictures uh, Christ's body, which was broken for us. Yes. And, uh, you know, again, it's a picture of Christ's death. And we're also told it's a picture of our faith in his return. And that those are beautiful precious, wonderful pictures. Uh, people ask me whether I miss pastoring or not. And I'm busy preaching every week, and, I, and so I'm thrilled with that. I miss baptizing people. Mm-hmm. I miss serving the Lord's Supper. Yeah. Those are just both such precious, beautiful pictures and moments. Yep. And, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of preachers have assistance to the baptizing. I always did my own baptizing. I just, it's a precious moment. Yeah, it I is. don't. It's inconvenient, but I don't want to miss this. Yeah. So then, uh, so we have uh, two more: the individual soul liberty and separation of church and state. Yeah. So individual soul liberty—that's uh, one that I find is very uh, confused and, yeah. and confusing and to usually, people. Yeah, I usually list that under the priesthood of the believer. Yes, it's, some folks list them separate. And yes, again, they have a different number. That's it's it's all the same truth. But, yes, but it, it is true. Yes. And as part of being a priest, but yes. individual soul liberty, I not only have direct access to God, yep. I answer to God. Yes. Yeah, that that's should not yeah, go ahead. Well, that's where I I think some guys so I wouldn't say Baptist. I would say it's people looking from the outside of Baptist circles almost look at individual soul liberty as free grace. Um, and that's not true. If that makes sense. Now, it isn't that we are that people say, well, Baptists aren't accountable. No, yeah. we're, we're unaccountable to men. Right. 
exactly. we should, in every moment of thinking about that, remember that we are accountable mm-hmm. to God. And that's and a sobering thought. God and God will deal with us. It yeah. ought to be. Yes. If it's not, you're making a mistake you're going to regret. Yep. Uh, for sure. But but the idea that, I mean, and you see this even in our circles, people slip up and think, we, well, we've got to do what this famous preacher does. Yeah. Sorry. Or, <laughs> no, we are not accountable yep. to men. Yep. We're accountable to God. Amen. All right, so the last one, the separation of church and state, and as I've, just in the last year, I've studied that one a lot more and found it to be an amazing Baptist trait, the separation of church and state. Sure. It's just, it's unique to us. It's, as I've talked with some people and as I've studied it, I really believe that Baptist it sound it sounds arrogant to say this, but I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to come across arrogant. But Baptists really are the only ones that understand true liberty. Well, it, it's I agree with that in this sense. It is Baptist that laid out the ground, said this is what we stand for, what we believe at a time when they were alone, yep. occasionally a Quaker, but basically alone, yep. and they basically persuaded the country. Yes. By the time we're doing the Constitution. The vast majority of the country believes in separation of church and state. Yes. It didn't start that way. Yes, it started with Baptists and Baptists being misunderstood and yep. Baptists being persecuted, and and this is one of the real issues we have today. Our country does not understand this. Yeah, there is a difference between separation of church and state and religious tolerance. Yes, and uh, Baptists again need to teach this. Yes, so frankly, I don't see that many Baptists practicing. Uh, oh. But if Baptists don't teach it and practice it yes. and aren't willing to pay a price for it, yes. the, this truth is going to be lost. Yep. And and people like Isaac Bacchus and John Leland oh. paid a price. I love those guys. They eventually, they eventually won the battle of the yep. hearts and minds of a country yep. for this truth. And that is why we enjoy what we enjoy today. Yep. So just so you know, I went through your outline and helped you out here. So it's not, it's not really the acronym Baptist. It would be Baptists. All right. So, okay. all right. So, um, if you're ever wondering, it's Baptists. All right. But okay. um, it does really well, and so people know we're doing. We did two podcasts back to back, but every one of these is backed up by numerous Bible verses. All right, we didn't go in, in, in time, but I would t- tell them, get a hold of you and get your book, Faithful Witness. Sure. And okay. uh, can they get that just through you? Sure. All right, reach out to you, and can they reach out uh, through Dayspring? Yeah, just contact Dayspring Bible College and send a message on our website, and it'll be forwarded to me. Excellent. Or call Dayspring Bible College, and the right. call will be forwarded to me. All right. Thank you for listening to Baptist Vices. We trust you were challenged to find a biblical path for navigating through some differences within Baptist churches. Join your host, Dr. Steve Dameron, next week for another engaging podcast. May God richly bless you. Thank you.